Thank you for joining me this week to listen in on my conversation with Pascal Dubé. She's been called to smooth communication difficulties and breakdowns since a very, very early age. And now she supports parents of teens through her business, Parent Lead Coaching. Whether you are a parent of younger children or teens or just recognizing that all communication can use a little fine tuning, I know you're going to find some really great points and highlights in the, the, today's conversation. Thanks for joining us. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Would you like to make more of your meditation practice? What if there was a tool that maximized your time and attention with images and affirmations carefully selected to boost your positivity and strengthen your resilience to help you integrate your intentions into your subconscious? I have a special gift available for you. Visit happifiedlife.com and click on the start off happy button to take a look at the phenomenal technology created by Positive Prime that shares positive images, affirmations, and motivation in a method that literally wires your brain for more happiness, higher productivity, better relationships, and greater success. Head over to happifiedlife.com and click on the start off happy button. See a sample video and sign up for your free trial. You can take 10 days to find out how the power of personalizing your own motivational videos by adding images from your photo library will bring you even greater benefits. I know you're going to love this tool. It's become one of my favorite go-tos and an important part of my daily routine. Head over to happifiedlife.com to start off happy with Positive Prime. Welcome back. I am so excited to have you with us this week as I am joined by Pascal Dubé, a communications expert who has been on a mission her whole life, improving the way in which we communicate and understand each other. No small task. Influenced by her own story as a teenager, she changed her coaching focus in the aftermath of COVID and started Parent Lead Coaching to help parents improve their communications with their teenagers. Pascal, thank you so much for joining me from Canada. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm in Montreal and it's been a beautiful day today, so I'm quite happy. Beautiful. I love it. And I love that, you know, in spite of distance and time zones, we can come together and connect. So I'm so glad you saved a little spot for us today. 
And I'd love to know more about what led you to this place. Um, communication definitely is important in families. I think we would have no body of fiction books or television or movies if communication actually flowed easily. So obviously there's a lot of ground there that, um, you know, there's a lot of room for trouble to brew. So how did this become so important to you? It's funny you mentioned that because um, I used to work in the movie industry and uh, story comes from conflict. So that, that was kind of my, my basic, you know, first degree. I was in, was in cinema. So um, yeah, I've always been gravitating towards communication. Everything I've ever done in my life had to do with communications, but um, the roots of what I do now um, come from pretty early on in my life. Um, I'm, I'm the third child. I have uh, two other sisters. And um, when I was 10 years old, my oldest sister was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Mm -hmm. And so um, what happened is my parents, of course, focused their energy and time on her because they wanted to fight with her. And uh, my second sister and I, we were kind of left to our own devices. Of course, it wasn't intentional on the part of my parents. They did everything they could but um, it, it made me grow quite fast. And um, with dealing with my own issues uh, growing up as a teenager, I started journaling very early on to decipher my own emotions and kind of dissect what was going on. And uh, I also helped my sister that was older than me, but she's a very anxious person. So she was having trouble dealing with, with her own issues. So basically I started coaching at the age of 10 years old. And even more than that, uh, my parents, they're lovely, but um, their couple is, is quite strange because they never got to really understand each other. They've been married almost 50 years and they still have a hard time understanding each other. So I was the mediator, translator uh, in the family. I was basically the person that was going to one person and the other and trying to make people understand each other's point of views and, and empathize with each other. So. Um, it's been a role I've been taken on very early on. And I find that really fascinating. Um, in some research that I've done in resilience, there was study that was done over decades in Hawaii. Um, I believe it was on the island of Oahu. Now I'm going to forget the, the granular details of it, but they were looking at a community that was pretty economically depressed and watching the progress, the development from infancy through adulthood. And they found about a third of the people in this environment exceeded expectations, brought themselves above their socioeconomic class and those expectations that might've been set for them. And you know their parents might not have had the tools needed to help them get forward in life, but they sought out their own resources. They just had within them an innate resilience and the rest of us fortunately can learn it and build this skill. But I find that really fascinating because to what you're saying to be 10 years old and recognize that some things need to change, that there is a gap that needs to be filled, that your sister needs some support, that, you know, there's just some communication breakdowns and you have the tools and the means to solve it. So you stepped in to fill that gap, I yeah. think is really powerful. And um, I think a lot of us have abilities we might not recognize because it becomes second nature or just we haven't been in the, uh, we haven't been recognized in how we bring it forward and offer that support. So that's amazing. I love that your story started that early and that you just felt it was something that needed to be resolved. 
And then once you have that vision, then I'm sure moving through life, you kept kind of seeing those patterns and opportunities. Absolutely. Every, every single um, job that I ever had, um, I was always having this role in any type of environment, but it took me time to really go back to it and rediscover what my purpose was and why teenagers. So of course it speaks to my own experience, but I've been working with teenagers for years, um, like a long time ago, but I've always been super, um, I connected with them. It's an audience I love. I, I really love them. And I think they love me too, because I, I kind of get where they're at and what they're going through. I mean, I've got a pile of journals that archive my own experience as a teenager and it's still fresh in my memory. So it's not something that I've forgotten uh, living my life. It's always been with me. And uh, truly, you, you mentioned it earlier, but my overarching mission, if you want, is to make a world where people have in their mind the focus to understand where the other person comes from and what they're really saying, what their intentions are. And it's not necessarily you know, orally or what you're saying. It's also what you do. What's your nonverbal? Are you coherent in what you do? Are you consistent with what you do and what you, what you say? Are those things aligned or are they, are they misaligned? And the message you send, um, actions speak louder than words most days. And with teenagers, it's even more true. Mm, that's really powerful. And I, I love some different aspects of what you were just saying. Um, to have the focus to understand. And I think that listening is a skill that a lot of people haven't had the patience to develop. (laughs) And they think that hearing is good enough (laughs) without seeking that clarification that comes with if someone to the rest of your point, isn't being clear or congruous in what they're sharing to then, I don't know if challenge that is the right word, but to dig a little deeper and make sure that they're on the right track, that they're receiving the right information to not assume that our first reception of it is enough or complete. Yes, yes exactly. Uh, there's a saying that, you know, you've got two of these and only one of that. Um, it's absolutely true in every situation of your life, whether it's professional, your, your professional life or your um, you know, romantic relationships or uh, your marriage or with your children. First, use these. And when I say use these, also open your heart when you're listening, because um, most, most of us, we are caught up in everything that's going on. Everything is super fast. Our lives are hectic. We don't know, you know, one thing, we, we can't wait. We can't wait. Uh, we have... Right a hard time waiting for anything. It's like instant gratification and your kids, your teenagers are into that even, you know, from a very earlier age than we were, you know, I don't know if you remember those times, but we had to wait for our TV shows every week. And wait through commercials. Yes, there you go. That's another thing. So (laughs) we live in a very fast paced society nowadays. And I think Taking the time to receive something from another person and truly be present with them when they're speaking, not trying to find what you will say next while they are talking, you know, not, not figuring out what your reply will be while you're listening. Just, just listen. (laughs) 
taking the time to do that is a skill that we might have forgotten, but that we can basically find back. And I think it will improve your relationships you know, tremendously. Absolutely. I agree completely. And um, my marvelous husband is a good demonstration of this because he has a very active mind and he's a great problem solver and he's always got the wheels turning. And I can tell when we're in conversation and he's just waiting for me to stop talking if I'm lucky enough and he waits for me to stop talking so that he can get back to making his point. <laughs> and we're getting better because we've had this time together to kind of work on it. And so I recognize when it's happening and I can say, okay, I need you to follow through with this to the end because I know you already have questions or you've already solved this, but there's more, so stick with me. And and recognizing that and observing it and recognizing it in ourselves is hugely important. So I love this. How, um, and, and, I, and I see too, I, I think you see correlations between our ability to listen and our health as well. How does that actually play together? Yeah, well, it's all about um, giving your brain time to process things. Um, I mean, we've got a fabulous machine here, you know, it, it, it goes way faster than any of us ever could, but it has to process things and um, it has to process emotions. Emotions are um, energy wise, they take a lot of space and um, they take a burden on your energy levels. And so when you don't have proper communications first, you don't have proper connections. So we are social beings. If the connections aren't right, or if there are some things that are missing from connection or relationship, uh, if we don't feel like the connection is real, or if we feel like there's no, not enough trust, um, we become anxious because basically we want to connect. And um, I think we also forgotten um, the fabulous gift that was given to us um, of intuition. Mm. We don't listen enough to what we're feeling when we interact with people. Um, there are some toxic people out there that we are geared and built that we can recognize them. But if we don't take the time to really receive the information that comes from the person that you're talking to, whether it's a stranger or something you work, someone you work with, um, if you don't take time to receive this energy, if you don't feel it, um, because you're caught up in work or you're caught up in your own problems and you don't take time to listen correctly. And listening is not only with the ears, it's also with your gut feeling. Um, sometimes we can enter uh, spirals um, that can be very detrimental to your health. Uh, emotional spirals. I worked for a narcissist for a while and I was the only person that was immune to him, but I saw my coworkers that were slowly spiraling down because their energy levels were depleted by this person. And um, uh, I helped them the best I could, but you know, basically people were not listening to their own instincts. So there's another key component in communications is Try to feel the nonverbal um, and ask yourself, okay, how am I feeling right now? If there's a conflict, for instance, with your teenager, um, before answering, uh, try to assess what your emotional 
being or, or state is. Because when we're angry, when we're anxious, um, where we are fearful, sometimes we're fearful for our, for our children. Um, am I feeling guilt right now? Does it trigger something inside of me that if I answer right now, I will regret what I will say? It's an art to be conscious of the way you're feeling. But the more you are conscious of the way you are feeling at every moment, the better your relationships will be because you will be able to use the proper way to communicate so that your emotional state doesn't affect your relationship. There's a lot of really brilliant stuff in there. I'm super excited. There is an art to understanding your emotions. I already didn't capture the whole phrase, but I, I will and I'll bring it into the show notes. It's so true. And, and to your point, also, we need time to process. People feel like emotions are sticky or complicated or we don't have time for it or they're inappropriate and we try to bypass them. And then there's that friction in your communication because you're not communicating authentically. You're trying to disregard some really important signals. Yeah. And, and we have, we have lost that ability to connect, to communicate with our own bodies or to understand the means of communication that our bodies have. Um, and that gut instinct is so important because it's easy for that to be drowned out. We've got information coming in on every channel. And more than ever, um, our, as a species, we were not even designed to receive that much information. You know, uh, social media, uh, publicity, uh, and now with Zoom and COVID, you know, we've been interacting um, in a way that we were not designed to interact. So um, those, you know, they bring up other types of issues. Uh, in the communications process. And your teenagers have lived through a year and a half, two years of uh, being communicating only through screens. Um, there will be consequences uh, from that. Um, and your teenager also goes through the fastest paced evolution, biologically, psychologically, emo emotional, emotionally, that they will go through their life. This is the fastest pace. Um, their, their brain is evolving at a, the quickest pace it will ever, ever evolve. And so all those changes have an even bigger impact for them because um, they're developing right now. And um, if you can do whatever you can to provide support at home uh, so they feel safe, so they feel that they're connected to you, you're the person that's there. So their anger sometimes is directed towards you because you're there, but you have to be there. It's your job as a parent to support them the best you could, you can, but um, no one is perfect. And I'm pretty sure that all the parents that are listening to us do the very most and the very best they can. Being a parent is hard. Yes, it's so true. And, and to your point too, I think, um, and you mentioned earlier, you know, parents, and I, I haven't raised my own children. I have a stepdaughter who was grown when I came into this relationship and I still feel, and it might not be easy to walk forward on the daily basis, but I still feel that that emotional literacy 
that ability to be present with our emotions and to communicate that to our kids is one of the most empowering things we can share with them because it gives them so much more voice than a lot of us had as we were growing up. I know in my own experience, you know, there wasn't an awareness and it's really hard to filter that. But as a child, if, if I had seen more adults being honest and saying, I don't have the capacity to have this conversation right now, I need to take a time out and I want to come back and finish this conversation. I wanna be present for you, but I need to put some other stuff aside. So, right? And just to, to have that awareness, like we're not all the time in control of our emotions and that communication is, I think, priceless. Yeah, it's one of the, I think it's one of the, the skills that will be the most important as we move forward as a society, um, technology will take more place, uh, more space in our lives. But ultimately, we don't, as I said, we don't evolve the same at the same rate that technology does. So we still have to address our humanity. And that requires um, being able to interact with one another in a way that will be constructive for every party. Yes, absolutely. And so we've talked on a couple of different issues um, that parents may be facing or discovering as they're communicating with their teenagers. Are there any that we haven't had a chance to, to dip into yet that you tend to see show up? Uh, yeah, well, uh, there's, there's a particularity when um, your teenager goes from childhood to teenage years to adulthood. There's this transition that everything goes so fast, as I mentioned, um, and I think some parents are having a, a hard time changing their own roles and adapting because when their kids was a, was a child, they were the hero. They were perfect to their, into their children's eyes. And now the same person that loved them unconditionally is also the one that's screaming at them at the top of their lungs. So for a parent, it's kind of a hard step um, but they have to make the transition from being um, protective uh, to manage their children, to make sure that they're safe and everything, to be, to become a mentor and a guide, um, more of um, trying to inspire their teenager with their own um, experience, by, from their own experience, but also for, from their own actions. So. Um, your teenager will be more critical about who you are as a person. Therefore, um, perhaps it's a, an opportunity for you to improve yourself as a human being and show your kids that it's possible for you to change. The lesson is uh, basically teaching them that adaptability is um, maybe one of the best skills you can develop. And as a parent, you have to change your mindset from being the protector or the hero to become the mentor, the guide, and the person that provides safety for their experiments and experimenting life and getting out of their comfort zone. The only thing you can do at that point is support them in their new experiences. Yeah, I think that's so profound. And I'm just picturing in that transition to go back to what we were talking about earlier, an opportunity, a really powerful opportunity to be honest as the kids are transitioning from that childhood to the teen years and saying, you know, 
hey, I'm sorry, I was still in that, you know, mind space where you need this from me. And now I can see that this is what you're looking for, or this is what I'm able to give you space in. And I'm still going to be present in this regard. You don't get to tell me what my role is, but we're negotiating. And yeah, I'm feeling into it. I'm growing into this too. Like, again, continuing that conversation and just being open with it rather than when we, when we shut down, when we get concerned or defensive or worried and we close off, there's blanks there that need to be filled in. And when we leave those blanks for someone else to fill in, it makes it hard for them. And then I just see so much more potential for communication breakdowns, that, that misunderstanding, yeah. right? Absolutely. Um, we all have our own egos, um, I think. And we've got our own experience. Uh, we've got our own filters. Um, and maybe it's time to reopen your own teenage years book. I mean, remember who you were as a teenager and what were your experiences? I know I've got friends around me and, and people around me who were rebels, like rule breakers when they were teenagers. And some of them are the most strict parent there is, which is kind of strange, but I think it just comes from the fear. They, they, are, they are scared that their kid will do the same thing they did. Mm. Instead, perhaps you could share with your kid what you did and the lessons you learned from it might be more constructive and more positive for them to learn that and see you in a different light. Instead of being the person that comes up with the rules, you're, a per you're someone with wisdom. <laughs> you're someone with wisdom that just trying to help. Yes, and I think that approach le really leaves the door open in, in an important way because when we need to find those resources, when we, when we look for support and we don't feel like we can communicate with the ones who are closest to us, then we look elsewhere. And that can be a really dangerous situation too. When people's, when teens are filling in the gaps outside the home. That's true. And you have no control over that because they're their own person. You know, they, they are more freedom, which is, is, is good. Freedom is a good thing. Experimenting is a good thing. The, the thing that's not good is like you said, when there's a trust issue between the parent and the teenager, the teenager will refrain from providing information to their parent. And this is where danger lies, is when if the teenager feels judged or thinks that you will just, you know, uh, put them in, 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 uh, in their room and provide them, for, uh, tell them that they can't go out or, I don't know, be more, be stricter with them, then they might not tell you the information you need to hear. Um, and some teenagers are feeling um, that the home is not a safe place anymore for them to really be themselves and, and, and communicate with their parents. Some might even start to do self-harm um, if, if they're being bullied at school or if something is bothering them and they have nowhere to turn. Um, it can lead to de anxiety, depression. Um, your teenager might uh, close, completely close down and shut down. And um, that requires a lot of work once it's done. So prevention is key. Try not to burn the bridge. <laughs> Make sure the bridge stays open. <laughs> 
<laughs> open for repair yep. at minimum. <laughs> it doesn't have to be flawless, but at least you know, keep bringing in the effort. And so do you have any tips because because it can be easy for problems like this to come up. And then, you know, you might see it happening, but be completely stumped as to what you can do about it. So do you have any tips for parents who are stressed or worried as they see these kinds of things start to develop? Um, first, be observant. Uh, if the, if the, the behavior of your teenager starts to shift, um, maybe start asking questions, but there's a way to ask questions to a teenager. Um, you cannot come and be super judgmental in the way and your energy that you bring to the question. Um, try to have a curious undertone instead of a judgmental undertone. So ask questions for your teenager, um, offer help, you know, if just offer help. Um, sometimes you don't necessarily need for them to completely confide in you and just pour everything. But if they know that they can turn to you for help and that you'll be there no matter what, it helps. So just set the table. Um, try to involve them in the family life as much as you can. Um, if you've got, uh, I don't know, family vacations that you need to plan, ask them what they want to do, what interests them uh, and involve them in the planning perhaps or even budget wise, start to uh, involve them in decisions and um, try to uh, understand where their strengths are and lift them up uh, because uh, it's um, teenagers are tough on self on self confidence. Um, they are judged by their peers. They want to fit in, but they want to be their own person. So <laughs> a lot of confusion as well and. Um, I said uh, earlier today to someone, I said, the, the sad thing about being a teenager is that um, you have all the will in the world, but you don't have the experience and you're super adaptable, but you don't have the experience. So you basically try, you would try anything because those are the days. And the difference with the parent is that they don't want to experiment, they're more set in their ways, but they've got the experience. So try to make a team with your teenager. Um, and if there's one tip that I found really helpful when I was working with teenagers myself is in terms of credibility as an adult. Um, of course, as a parent might be a little different, but um, just own the fact that you're no longer cool just really own the fact that you're not cool anymore. And it's tremendous the result that you, you will get from your teenager because they still, they still love you, but they, you, they think you're so not cool. <laughs> Don't try to be cool. Own the fact that you're not cool and maybe bond on this. Okay, I know I'm not cool. What's cool? Tell me, I want to know what's cool. And um, just have conversation about their interests. Just that will, will go a long way. And um, I mentioned earlier, but it, this goes with any types of, of relationships. So of course it applies here, but be consistent. 
with what you do and what you what you say and what you do must be aligned because if there is a discrepancy there your teenager will pick up on it and uh, it will start to take away at the trust and trust is everything Mm, that's such a great point because they are um as they're putting the pieces together you know, and that social awareness is growing and their own body of wisdom is growing and they're taking in so much more input from all of the channels like we've been discussing. Yeah, that that intuition is stronger and they, they're very quick to pick up on where things are out of alignment. And as soon as that trust has been undermined, then they question everything. And that's yeah. not the dance you want to be in with your teen. <laughs> Stop it before it starts. <laughs> And I love what you said at the beginning too, and kind of, we came back around to it even at the end is the tone or the approach that you have as you enter the conversations. Um, if you come in without getting into a place of curiosity and being open and asking honestly, like, why did this feel like a good choice? Or why is this important to you right now? As opposed to having any of that tone of criticism or judgment, because again, it's such a tender phase. You know, we all survived it barely ourselves. And so, you know, to put ourselves back in those shoes and feel like we're just trying this out, you know, we might get it wrong, but to feel like there's a lot of judgment coming down right away can definitely, again, undermine that trust and lead them to be kind of drawing away. And that's the last time and situation in which we want that to be happening. So, oh, some really powerful points for all communication too. There's one last thing that I might say. Um, teenage years with the relationship between you and your teenager, teenage years are fun. So stop worrying and they go, they go by so fast and then they leave for college and university. So enjoy those years mm, such a cherish, good point cherish those years instead of you know feeling the need of being angry anger doesn't resolve anything you know and i think mindset is absolutely everything and you know in the stories in the circles as you watch your friends and their kids go through some difficult times like we take on this perception oh the teenage years like we are in it it's going to be tough it's going to be a struggle right and then we've got that perception and we're already on guard and so yes thank you it's fun exploration and growth mindset is fun and if you can share that space with your teens then that's so empowering for them it's much lighter load for us to be carrying right as we're walking with them through that part of their lives so that's really empowering thank you for that important reminder <laughs> let's keep the fun in the game yeah. <laughs> and so you pascala have a very kind offer that we can share with folks and i'll have a link in the show notes so people can connect with you for a free strategy session which i think is a very kind offer because time is a precious resource and um you know different people blend or merge best with different personalities so what can people kind of expect to to find in this little strategy session that you make available uh well of course we will discuss about their particular issue that's a one-on-one -on -one free session so um i will ask a couple of questions about what their reality is and if they are like one challenge that they want to discuss in particular um i might offer some um either reflection or some tips or just some um, 
wisdom that they can go back home and try stuff or, or maybe um, um, try an introspection and be more aware about um, the way that they communicate with their teenagers. Sometimes it's just they need this distance and they don't have any distance and uh, I can provide this distance and ask uh, questions. So of course a strategy session, the aim is um, to really zone in on a particular issue. Uh, 30, 30 minutes is not a very, very long strategy session. So we're gonna address probably one or two things uh, over this strategy tra whoa, strategy session. Sorry for my English. I'm a French speaker at heart. <laughs> and I've <laughs> French all day, so sorry for that. So yeah, uh, one issue or maybe two. And um, uh, if they want to uh, start one-on-one -on -one coaching, I also offer those services, but it will really be like a quick fix on some issues that they might face. Um, if there are deeper issues, um, then we might discuss having more than one, one session, but Yes. And I love that. It's a very kind offer of your time. And it's so important. And that's why I love bringing folks on to join me in the show who speak to different areas of specialty, but also because through the course of our conversation, people can already start to understand through our amazing skills of communication, how you relate to people, what your approach is to issues, whether or not they resonate with you. And then this session where they can actually bring something to the table and get a little bit of clarity and see some potential moving forward, I think is a really powerful opportunity. So thank you for making that available. And is there anything else, we've covered a lot of ground, but communication could be an endless topic. So anything else that we wanna to touch on before we go today? Um, well, if people want to join my Facebook page, perhaps it's called Parent Lead Coaching on Facebook. And yeah, it's a great opportunity. So wonderful. I'm excited. I'll be staying tuned for your giveaway too. All right. Thank you so much, Susie. Oh, absolutely, Pascal. It's been my pleasure. I love connecting with you. I love what you are doing in the way that you're facilitating communication and conversation because it's so important. We take it for granted. Um, and so when we get that perspective and take a fresh look at it and really check in, how is our personal communication with our emotions and are we listening to that gut instinct that we need so much? And then how can we model that for our kids and We'll have a lot less TV dramas to have to <laughs> to have to watch unfold in front of us, right? <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Pascal. Again, it's always a treat to connect with you. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Thank you for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. And if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe to catch the next one and leave a review to help fellow pod surfers find Happified. Until next time, keep on shining. <laughs>